0: tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league
1: the following is a hoop ball presentation
2: Welcome back, hoop ballers! after a four-month hiatus, back on the air with David Bracey. This is Hank Aaron. David, how are you
1: doing? Hank, I am doing well, my man. How are you? Glad to be back in the saddle.
2: Doing well. Yeah, our last podcast was, was the night before the NBA shutdown
1: little did we know was the night before shutdown
2: (laughs) it just seemed normal but the next day it's funny because it's not funny i guess but i to me uh the shutdown of the nba's is the first uh, official day of coronavirus and that to me was what okay same here (laughs) this is the first this it is now officially started and and i uh, so that to me it's like the it's that night that last podcast was the last night before coronavirus even though obviously <laughs> like, it was spreading and, and going around but um but we're back now and uh you know we got a lot going on with the bubble uh, with i mean the scrimmage is ready to get going tomorrow night so uh things are yeah things are about to get get underway
1: yeah very very excited we got scrimmages this week uh about eight days out from games, um, and yeah, I'm really, really excited to get this, uh, get the ball rolling.
2: Yep. Uh, so, uh, I think for most fantasy players, the seasons, at least their, you know, their uh, season-long settings, most leagues kind of close things down, understandably. Uh, so, probably most people are out of year-long settings at this point, but a lot of people now are switching over to daily. Um, or special formats made for the bubble. Uh, are you Are you participating in any kind of leagues right now?
1: Uh, unfortunately, all the leagues that I were in right now, we are kind of on a hiatus, if you will. I'm hoping there'll be some sort of reconfiguration here because I'm definitely itching to make a little money if I can, but uh, we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah. Yeah, me too. What about you? Yeah, same thing. It's Every league is either officially shut down for the season. I'm in... Two leagues that are trying to figure something out, and we'll see. Probably just, probably just end up being a bunch of daily fantasy games between between us. I think that's going to be the only, you know, quick and, and easy resolution to this.
1: Yeah, I'm with you.
2: Only way to itch the scratch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. I got to. I got to. Exactly. I got a basketball Jones. Yep. Yeah. So I mean. In regards to, I guess, the bubble, we'll just kind of dive right into it. So, fortunately, some news broke this week. Um, since the, I believe, the 13th of July, looks like they tested around 346 players. Um, so far, zero positive tests returned from those players in the bubble. So, that's a really, really strong sign, especially in comparison to, um, for example, uh, Major League Soccer, who, who was also there in Florida, kind of isolated in their own, in, insulated, I should say, in their own bubble, um, who did not have the same kind of luck. And has some positive cases. So we hope that the NBA can, uh, you know, kind of maintain that momentum and start off the season strong uh, and carrying the playoffs as well. Because I know everybody's really, really glad to have the games back. Uh, and like you said, I mean, we got scrimmages this week. So definitely excited to see guys out there, see what they look like, see what teams look like. Because for most of us, I mean, we haven't seen these guys since since March. I mean, it's it's been a while. And for a lot of these teams are going to look very different uh, than they did before. So. Very, very curious to see uh, what everything's looking like. What are you uh, What are you looking forward to most? Kind of out of these scrimmages, is there anything you're paying close attention to?
2: Well, like you said, I, I'm I'm very happy that the they had zero positive tests. I think that's a big sigh of relief, and I think that you know gives us a lot of hope that you know this, this thing may work out. I wasn't so optimistic on this a few weeks ago, and now you know I think that test result really uh, allows us to have a sigh of, of relief. Uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, how the guys look. Uh, I'm sure, obviously, there's going to be some rust with players, um, but just to see who's back, if any of the guys who were hurt uh, when the season was ending, guys like Simmons, um, are they back? Are they healthy? Obviously, he's in a new he's in a new uh, position as well. So, I think he's actually mm-hmm. probably the most interesting guy to to keep your eye on when he comes back to see what happens with him and. You know, he's got this position switch and the injury question. So we'll see anyone else who was, you know, maybe hobbled before how how well they look now. I think the uh, Portland's got a couple guys coming back. Nurkic will be back. We'll see how he looks. I don't think that's going to be a huge story as far as the championship chase goes. But, uh, you know, it's interesting to me.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. And uh, I like your point on. Portland because yeah while you know Nurkic and Collins aren't necessarily big names who you immediately think of title contention you know with them uh, being back on a roster but it is curious to think about how they would match up against the Lakers potentially in an early round matchup uh, with those big bodies to throw at Anthony Davis to clog up the lane for LeBron James so something to pay close attention to kind of as these teams return to form Uh, and in regards to you know these players kind of shaking off the rust. I'm very curious to see what the rust looks like for these guys who were not only, you know, late to the bubble um, but for the guys who actually did test positive for coronavirus. You know, guys like Malcolm Brogdon, like Nikola Jokic. I mean, Jokic has been looking great from what we have heard out of the bubble what we have seen. It looks like he's You know, really, really toned himself out, and you know, kind of rejuvenated himself in this in this brief hiatus. So, hopefully, that uh, converts over, and you see that in his play on the court. Because I mean, obviously, for his fantasy numbers, think about a more athletic, nimble Jokic. I mean, the guy was already doing numbers. I mean, could you ask for much more? I don't. I don't really think you could. So, very curious to see what that looks like for guys like that. Curious to see if Oladipo ends up participating. talk about a guy who's coming off of an injury had a lot of time to rehab we saw him very briefly before the nba um did kind of you know close out play uh and there was kind of some questions around whether or not he was even going to go to the bubble and then he's going to the bubble and there's questions about whether or not he's going to play so a lot of questions uh for a lot of teams right now especially with uh with their rosters so definitely a lot to pay attention to
2: yeah i think uh bledsoe is i mean they say he's asymptomatic so You know, he should be fine, but he's kind of the biggest issue on a title contender, um, unless you consider Denver a title title contender. But Jokic has, you know, apparently been fine the whole time as well. So, um, you know, the the players who are there who are asymptomatic, you expect them to kind of bounce back and be fine. But it will be nice to just confirm that uh, when we see them on the court.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for the guys who have been asymptomatic, it I think it'll definitely be curious to see what their, uh, what the impact is on their game as opposed to guys who we know definitely did have symptoms, not necessarily severe ones, but did have at least somewhat serious to mild symptoms like Rudy Gobert. Um, still saying that he struggles to have, you know, any sense of smell or taste still. And we're, I mean, months out from his initial positive test in March. So very curious to see uh, kind of what that looks like. And in that same regard, curious to see how teams kind of, manage their rosters, you know, are are the title contenders going to be quick to ramp up basketball activity in these early eight games heading into the playoffs or are they going to slowly work their guys back up, you know, because a lot of the conversation has kind of been around what these teams are going to look like as we resume. I don't think we'll necessarily have a great idea for what these teams really look like until the games are about over. I mean, I think it's going to take four or five games for these teams to really Really, kind of figure out what they're doing out there. So curious to see. Uh, do you do you have an opinion? What do you think? If, if you're an NBA coach on a title contender, if you're the Lakers, are you ramping your guys up early, first three games, or are you rest some slowly working guys in, letting AD and LeBron really peak out in the last six, seven, eight games there?
2: Yeah, I'm probably resting them. Uh, I don't. I don't. I mean, obviously, it's it's player dependent. Uh, if if somebody if LeBron tells me, you know. Hey, I, I I don't need more than six games to get ready and I'd rather not risk the injury and, and I'd rather you know play three take a game off or whatever I'm, I'm listening to the players whatever they need to get into the best shape but I don't think there's any you know need for the coaches to push their guys at this point because the playoff spots are gonna be locked up for most of the teams so really it's it's player dependent on, and, and how they feel and what's best for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And you know guys are gonna be vocal about, you know, what they're comfortable with and what they're not, because they have been thus far uh very vocal. So, I mean, and you definitely love to see that and without getting too political, I mean you definitely love the the vocality of a lot of these NBA guys and their advocation for these social right messages or social justice messages, um and you know, just kind of just kind of being advocates for that because there was a lot of conversation around the resumption of the league possibly being a distraction and you know, I think that there are positive and negative distractions, and it's just good to see that the guys out there are aware of, you know, that fact and, um, you know, their, the role that they play in that. So very, very excited to see what the NBA does um, on the court and off the court going forward.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they keep this thing moving. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what other stories we have coming in? Who, who, who are your favorites to, to win this thing?
1: You know, um, I'm definitely gonna go with. uh, I'm I'm pulling pulling for the Clippers out of the West and uh, the Bucks out of the East. Um, I just think roster composition is going to be such a huge factor in this. Uh, I think it always is, but definitely in this, uh, when you have the possibility of, you know, day to day, your roster may change because a guy could have a positive test and now you don't have him for 14 days, um, and that's going to be much more than a playoff series. So I think that both of those rosters are a little bit deeper. Um so so I have confidence in them. How about yourself?
2: I'm with you. I think the Clippers out of out of the West and I and I think the, the Bucks out of the East. I think the Clippers are the favorite. Uh I mean for me. I know in Vegas it's it's not that way. It's Lakers, Bucks, Clippers, <laughs> I think in that order. But they're all very close. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, they're all very close. Not it's not a substantial difference. Uh I think the Clippers will will beat the Lakers. Um I think the issue is if there's one positive test, there's probably gonna be more than one, you know, so um yep. it will be, you know, hopefully uh, you know, they they can stay clean and, and they can stay out and, and stay healthy. Um I like the Celtics as a as a long shot in the East, you know, kinda like kinda like you said, you know, if there's a if there's a single whatever positive test, if you know, one player on the bucks happens to go out a key guy, you know. That the Celtics could could slip through, and even if the Bucks are healthy, the Celtics could slip through. So, um, I like the Celtics just for their odds. I don't think they're going to beat the Bucks, but I think with the odds, you know, they're they're a nice little uh, good bet to to kind of come through the East, especially given all the unpredictability.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I mean, surprise to none. Uh, you know, the East definitely has a little bit more. Uh, unpredictability of the playoff race than the West. I think the West, we kind of have our our more solidified favorites, but yeah, to your point, I mean, the Celtics are very interesting. Hopefully, Kimba is able to stay healthy. Um, they can have him out there. Brad Stevens has been kind of iffy with the information available about him, and I mean, so it's Kimba. It's kind of seemed like it's day-to-day. One day, he's looking good. The other day, he's taking off, so... Uh, We'll see kind of what they look like, but yeah, I mean, they have, they've been very strong all year. Jalen Brown has ascended this season. Jason Tatum uh, continues to impress and was looking very, very strong before we kind of hit the hiatus there. I mean, he was doing some incredible, incredible numbers. So you wonder if he'll be able to maintain that momentum or at least, you know, regenerate that in the bubble. Uh, Philly is another very interesting team. Uh, They were very, very strong during the regular season at home not so much on the road, almost like they were two different teams. So you wonder what they'll look like in a neutral site. Uh, But to Philly's point, um, you know, you kind of got to wonder about their team. You know, they they are, I think, one of the most interesting teams um, just in terms of their roster composition, in terms of the big names that they do have. You know, you have young stars and. I try not to play too much into the revenge narrative, but you do wonder if Joel Embiid is going to come after this a little bit harder after having really tasted that agony of defeat. I mean, the last images we have of him in a playoff setting were him in the tunnel, you know, crying his eyes out. And I think oftentimes it takes guys really suffering that anguish, that defeat for them to really take that next step. So we all agree Embiid when he's on is he can be a top five guy I mean and it's definitely the caliber of guy who you need to win you an NBA championship so what Embiid we get in the bubble I think is in my opinion far more interesting than necessarily what position Ben Simmons is going to play because we know regardless the ball is going to flow through his hands um you know kind of it doesn't really matter where they where they roster him at so what are your thoughts about uh Billy kind of being a uh, you know kind of a being in there to muck up the, the East title. Concession. Yeah, I think
2: I think they're a live team as well, uh, and I think you know like you said Simmons is will will be a you know if they put him at a power forward he's still going to be playing the same way he was playing before. So mm-hmm. um, they're a good team. They were not able to get it done last year. I feel like lat- and last year's team was was better than this year's. Um, maybe not, but that's my opinion. I agree. So you know, I mean. It depends, obviously depends on how you feel about Jimmy Butler. I happen to like. Well, you
1: look at the Miami Heat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Heat. I think that yeah, Butler's was a pretty good player.
2: So, you know, they weren't able to get it done last. Uh, look, granted, they you know they lost by the closest margin you could lose, but um, mm-hmm. I, I I just don't think I don't think they get past the Bucks or the Celtics, but um, definitely a live underdog and. Um, it wouldn't be a surprise if they do. Um, they're a good team, like you said. If Embiid steps up and he's able to dominate, uh, and Simmons is healthy, you know they 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 definitely have a shot against either team, and and even even against the team out of the West.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think they have a pretty good shot as long as everybody shows up. Uh, I guess kind of on the opposite end of title contention, but uh, definitely in terms of relevant terms of uh, you know NBA buzz. So the Sacramento Kings right now are really dealing with the injury bug. I mean, we know De'Aaron Fox had an ankle injury that he was kind of working back from, um, but you know news recently broke that Bagley uh, suffered another pretty severe foot injury. Uh, I think that in the past hours, so they said he's going to be in a boot. I'm not sure what the what the determined amount of time that he's going to be in a boot is for, but uh, they said they're not going to be in any rush to bring him back. So. Just quickly on Bagley, I mean, the implications of this injury are definitely troubling, not even necessarily because I think that anyone was of the assumption that Kings were going to make a lot of noise in the bubble, quote-unquote. Um, but for a guy who, I mean, was drafted alongside, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, all those guys, specifically Luka and Trey, I mean, have really taken that next step have really gotten that NBA-level exposure. They're getting that run. They're making noise. They're solidifying themselves. And we have had so much hope for Bagley because of his athleticism, his prowess, his skill. Um, and, you know, coming back from the injury he suffered earlier this year, taking the time off in the bubble to rehab, he's looking really, really strong. So this is just really, really unfortunate. Um, I'm sure this is going to – and we'll see what he looks like when he comes back. But I'm sure this is definitely going to impact his, his draft stock, you know, going forward, uh, hopefully he's able to kind of prove any doubters wrong now, but it, it's hard to have confidence in a big man who has you know repeated foot injuries. what What are your thoughts uh, as far as Bagley goes going forward?
2: Yeah, I think it's been a very tough year for him, uh, injury wise, and that's going to affect his fantasy draft stock for next year. He's a player with with plenty of upside, plenty of potential. Uh, if you're in a, a you know, dynasty format, I wouldn't sell low on him. You know, what's the point? But, uh, he, you know, he's somebody, if you could target and buy him low, he's worth the risk because he's got a lot of potential. He's he's displayed a lot of skill. He's displayed a lot of, you know, fantasy um, versatility. Uh, this year has been really tough. And next year, if you're in a redraft league, you're probably not going to Invest too heavily, but certainly worth a a, a late round flyer. And you know I mean, you're you're gonna be discouraged if you owned him this year. If you paid close attention to him this year, he kept he kept getting injured, and it it was you know two or three times, and and it it cost him a lot this year. So you know if he comes back next year and he's good, he's healthy, he plays through the preseason, there's no issue. Definitely worth a flyer, and and definitely worth being aggressive to grab him because he's got a lot of potential in the fantasy. But, um, you know, if he, for instance, sprains his ankle in the preseason, they go, ah, he'll be fine for the, you know, <laughs> he'll be fine for the season opener kind of a deal. <laughs> uh, I, You know, that's, that's I would immediately abandon ship. So, you know, it's like if you hear even the slightest negative report with him, I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to go through with that. But if it's something where, you know, he comes back next year, he looks strong, he has at least placed the preseason, he's healthy, you know he's, he's, he's worth. I mean he's worth it for the risk. But uh, there's no way you can't be. You know you can ignore what happened this year. There's a lot of injuries, and that's going to be factored into his value uh, moving forward, unless he can, you know, stay healthy for a period of time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess kind of the overall message then is just kind of buyer beware. You know, do your research when it comes to Marvin Bagley, um, and pay attention definitely to the game notes because any relevant news for him as far as his health is going to be very, very important. Uh, Not only to the Kings roster composition, but to your fantasy roster competition competition composition potentially. Because
2: you you know what, you just don't want to own him if he was like he's just comes plays injured out. Maybe he's coming back soon. You know, he's coming back soon enough that you don't want to drop him. Yeah, you know, it becomes a real big headache. So,
1: absolutely, careful. you kind of have yourselves in an auto porter situation. Yeah. You know, is he going to play or isn't he? When is he coming back? Um, yeah. So, all right. So, my next, uh, our next little uh, conversation here in regards to buying and selling, we're going to talk about a couple little hot topics. We're going to wade into the water here, and I'm going to get your opinion: Are you buying or selling the narrative here? So, we'll start from deep. Ben Simmons, obviously, there's been conversation about his repositioning on the Philadelphia. 76ers roster uh running shake milton more at the point ben simmons more at the off ball as a four um, what is your level of confidence are you buying or selling brett ba- brett brown's confidence in ben simmons taking more three-pointers buying or selling
2: selling <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> i think that's smart
2: <laughs> i mean uh, look uh, they're out for a couple of months. I don't know what he's doing, you know, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 I don't think it, I don't think it just starts all of a sudden the bubble. But let's let's see what happens. I mean, look, they may they may uh, take a few more shots during the um, you know play in portion of the of the bubble where they have basically free opportunity. You know, treat it like an extended preseason. So they may may give him a little bit more action there. But I think when the playoffs start, um, he's not going to be doing much much above what he was doing during the regular season in the, behind the three-point line.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you know, you do have those rare circumstances like a Brook Lopez who goes from shooting no threes to making a bunch. But more likely than not, this is going to be more of an Andre Drummond type of situation where, you know, you hear he's going to start shooting the threes. But you may shoot him. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to make a whole lot. So. Okay. <laughs> i'm with you i think i think i'd sell on that um <laughs> all right the next one uh, a lot of conversation again about the celtics celtics and the possible uh contention for an nba title this year do you have confidence in jason tatum as being the best player on a championship roster buying or selling
2: i buy i buy i think that i think that even by next year um they can win the East, even even this year. Uh, you know, they were they have a chance. But I think next year, going into the season, they may be the favorites in the East. Um And and I and I think he can. I think he can win a championship as the best player on the team.
1: Yeah, I, I think really a like. Gonna, I think
2: a. Sorry, I not I think a window going to open up for him over the next three seasons. He'll he'll be in the mix.
1: No, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think over the next couple, two or three seasons, we're really going to see Tatum kind of solidify himself as, you know, the guy on, on a high level NBA team. So I'm very curious to see what they look like. And again, I mean, he was really rolling as we kind of came into the break here. So very curious to see. Oh, and I guess that news actually just broke. Um, Bagley is going to be done for the season. So we will not see him in the bubble at all. So Again, keep an eye on that uh, for the NBA's resumption next year, and kind of see where he's at. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Tatum. Uh, Tatum's looking really strong, and I'm curious to see uh, where he where he takes the Celtics.
2: I think the Celtics get one more good piece. Um, yeah, uh, they'll be the favorite, and even without it, like a nice addition, they'll be coming in as as the number two team in the East at worst. So I, I think they're he's he's gonna he's he's almost there. He's almost there. If they got another great player to play alongside him, I think they, they could win. They could win probably even more than one championship.
1: Yep, I agree. All right, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, at the end, or I guess at the hiatus for the NBA regular season, were three and a half games above the New Orleans Pelicans. Are you buying or selling Memphis' ability to maintain in the playoffs without a play-in game?
2: They have to be four games, more than four games above? Yes. I think there's a playing game. And I think Portland wins it.
1: Yeah. How about yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I have a lot of confidence in Ja, but I just think, to your point, some of these other rosters who I think have been together a little bit longer, um, maybe are a little bit more interesting. Not that the Grizzlies are are not interesting. I think that they've been very interesting and that's a lot of credit to their coach, Taylor Jenkins, but yeah, I'm very curious. So tell me why you say the why
0: you say uh, well, the trailblazers I mean, look, they, over another team.
2: They uh they have to let me look at the standing first of all, right? I mean, am I misremembering where, where, where Portland was what, four out?
1: Three and a half out? Uh somewhere around there, yeah. Okay, hold on a second.
2: Okay. Portland's three and a half out. Okay, so they basically have to to stay even with Memphis for the for the bubble, match their record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't looked at the schedules. You know, maybe somebody's schedule is bad, but um, uh, Sacramento—they're missing a bunch of players. We don't expect them to, to really compete in this thing. San Antonio—they're missing a bunch of guys. They're not going to compete. Phoenix—I don't think is on their level. So, it really comes down to New Orleans or or Portland, and I think Portland. You know they've played together. Lillard is is going to be the best player out of everyone involved in this three team set, and uh, and I think he's. I mean he's he took out the Nuggets last year. He took out. He, I mean he dismantled the uh, uh, OKC franchise, right? So. You know, oh he, yeah, he absolutely. Sim- <laughs> Single handedly, uh, you know, it destroyed their. I mean, literally destroyed their entire team. I mean, it's pretty. Yes. pretty incredible you, ha- you haven't seen that happen too many times so um so i just i like them i think and i think uh i if if they're the nine seed uh they have to win two games. Though memphis has to win only one right yeah how it is okay so yes i believe so so i mean so memphis is in a little better shape there because they get at least two chances to win but um i'll go with portland
1: yeah, I, I, I like your I like your point about Portland. I mean, to your point, I don't I can't remember a guy who had a walk off like Dame did against OKC. I mean,
2: I mean, not that. That, look, it was it was it was one of the best shots I've seen, and then it, and it just like it was demoralizing when it happened, but then it actually <laughs> destroyed their their franchise. You know, so it was pretty incredible.
1: It was. It truly was. <laughs> All right. Well, to kind of close out our conversation today, uh, I definitely want to dive into who, you, who you're who you kind of betting on for uh, the NBA awards. You know, the, they did announce that the awards will be based on the regular season and not the remaining eight games leading into the playoffs, which I'm curious to get your opinion on. Personally, I think that that makes more sense uh, because I think recency bias is a very real thing and people would pr- be more predominantly focused on the last eight games because it's much more memorable than everybody's games in March. Um, you know, so what are your what are your thoughts about kind of how the NBA structured that?
2: Well, I guess the only I think the only award that it really swings, uh, maybe two of them, but the one that I think gets the the most does the most uh, effect is the Rookie of the Year because uh, I think the feeling is Jaws going to get it, but mm-hmm. had they had they allowed the bubble to be part of this i think zion it might have swung it to zion um because obviously his main issue is that he didn't play enough games so uh especially when you factor in these are the games everyone's going to remember and ah you know memphis if especially memphis doesn't even end up in the playoffs uh yeah so yeah i probably could swing that award i think the mvp will likely go to Giannis. i think it would have gone to Giannis anyway um obviously if the bucks didn't win any games and the Lakers went eight and oh, you know, could have swung, but I think it'll, it was going to go to Giannis. It'll still go to Giannis. Uh, defensive player of the year. I don't know. Will they give a award to Rudy Gobert right now? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a think, good question. <laughs> I don't think they would give it to him.
2: Uh, even if he deserves it. Um, I, I don't, I mean, uh, who would it be who who's 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 considered to be the favorite even
1: you know uh, when it comes I'm definitely with you as far as the pick for MVP I think I personally think it's Giannis. there's been a lot of conversation about LeBron you know always my only gripe with the conversation about LeBron in terms of legitimacy for MVP is to your point about D.P.O.Y. the other guys in contention for D.P.O.Y. would be Giannis and LeBron's teammate Anthony Davis so one could wonder, as great as LeBron is, are we giving, not LeBron too much credit, because I think that it's hard to say you're giving one of the greatest players of all time too much credit, but are we not giving Anthony Davis the merit he deserves in terms of his effect on the Lakers um, and their their record this season? I mean, because he's been incredible. He definitely has a legitimate case for DPOY, not as much MVP, um, but I think I personally would take Giannis for both DPOY and MVP, which would make him only the third player ever to do that next to Hakeem Olajuwon and Michael Jordan. But, I mean, I think when you look at his numbers, it, it, it's merited. I mean, the guy is – he is a freak. He's insane.
2: Yeah, it's, I, I think is would be a, a good candidate and it would be very uh, – deserve those awards. Uh, I think it's – you know, Anthony Davis probably does – it does get a little bit underappreciated, Um and like you said, it's it's not that LeBron is being overrated. He's, you know, at worst, a, a top three player in the league, right? So it's not, we're not, it's, it's not, it's not, he's not being overrated. He's, he's really good. And he has a strong case to be MVP and, and number one guy in the league. But, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, the record is not as good. You know, both players are really good. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just, it's in those kind of splitting hairs situations, they also have a tendency to uh you know give the award to the guy that hasn't gotten it. I mean obviously Giannis already won it last year, but you know they they tend to get bored of of the same guy winning it every year so they they go away from them. So um that's why I think Giannis will end up getting it. Uh just too many too many little things in his favor and not enough really for for LeBron to to take it from him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. So I think we all agree uh, then on rookie of the year, Ja Morant off games. I mean, off games alone, you give him the nod over Zion because to your point, Zion, just we we didn't get enough exposure to him on the court. Um, so I would definitely say Ja, And I think, you know, uh, Zion will be second. And then I think third place, uh, Kendrick Nunn had a pretty surprising season, especially Jimmy Butler being out of the lineup early in the season. He had a lot of run. He looked pretty strong. Um, and I'm curious to see kind of what the heat roster overall looks like in the bubble because they have some pretty interesting players.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think I think the, the Heat are a really good team to look at. And I think uh, leading into another award, I think Spolstra's got to be up there for Coach of the Year. Um, mm-hmm. Nick Nurse. Yeah. They really got to – I mean, it's hard to give it to him because they won it last year. But, man, what a coaching job. Nobody was expecting them to finish at number two in the East this year um i don't know nobody but yeah not absolutely. many not many uh and then over on the west uh billy donovan um yep and then
1: i think taylor jenkins as yeah,
2: well i, I was them, gonna say you mentioned jenkins least. before i think he's also definitely uh should be considered
1: yeah yeah absolutely i mean i definitely think both both coaches in the west i mean talk about getting written out. I mean, nobody was talking about the, the only buzz about the Thunder prior to this season was how long are they gonna keep Chris Paul before they trade him. Right. Um and then when you talk about the Grizzlies, I mean that really talk about them losing Mike Connolly. Talk about the the end of an era. And now I mean we didn't know that a new era was going to begin as quick as it clearly has, uh with John Morant's arrival. So you definitely love to see that. But yeah, to your point, I mean Nick Nurse you lose Kawhi, you know. You you win an NBA championship, but you lose Kawhi. You lose your Finals MVP, and then you come out and you're able to make the adjustments with your roster. You're able to revitalize your guys and to, they, to you know to get them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, to finish what you're going to say. I'm, I'm gonna...
1: No, yeah, to, like they. I mean, just you have to give him credit for his ability to just strategize as a coach with his roster. Just so innovative, so and, innovative.
2: And they they were missing their guys this year too, you know. Yeah. Siakam went out. Lowry was out.
1: Lowry was out. Yep. Uh,
2: yep. Everybody.
1: Gasol was out. Gasol, Gasol,
2: I mean, um, they were injured like crazy. Uh, yep. Really uh, incredible job um, for Nick Nurse. Uh, probably my choice. You know, I probably would give it to him. Um, and then Donovan and Jenkins would kind of be the runners up. But, yep. but Nick Nurse, I mean, what a job. I mean, really all, all yeah, three, he, all three of them, frankly, did a really, really good job.
1: Absolutely, I can compl- I completely agree. I mean, agree. if you don't want to um, give
2: it to Nick Nurse just because he already won the title last year, <laughs> you know, they, wa- they want to spread these awards out, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. They do. I think Donovan and Jenkins, uh, you know, and obviously Donovan's won a few NCA titles, you know, so <laughs> they want to give it to Jenkins <laughs> so he gets some hardware. I don't know where, I don't know as much about his past. Maybe he was assistant coach somewhere, but. Um, you know, if they want to give it to Jenkins just because he's the freshest guy, it's fine. But I think any three of them, really, really, w- you know, deserves it.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. Fun. We'll see if Memphis comes home with uh, with two trophies this this season. So uh, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. Um, and then for uh, six man and most improved, so six man, I think it's a it's a two man race between uh, Montrezl and then Schroeder, uh, in my personal opinion. And then um, for most improved. It depends on your definition. It depends on how you want to go with it. You know, if you want to talk about a guy who went from kind of floating on an NBA roster to being, you know, a a real name, uh, you could make a case for guys like Bam, for guys like Brandon Ingram, uh, for even Demontis Sabonis. If you want to make a case for guys who have, you know, really taken a step from being a high-level lottery pick to a potential, you know, perennial All-Star, I think guys like. Jason Tatum I think guys like Trey Young like Luka Doncic have very strong cases uh, so it kind of depends on which way you want to lean in that what are what are your thoughts when it comes to most improved and who are your favorites
2: it's a good good point you raised it's it's hard it's a really hard award to give um like you said there's just somebody like Luka Doncic really took a big step forward but it was already kind of viewed as a star in the making last season so it's like you know how do you how do you assess this step forward whereas like you said bam and bam was also pretty good last year but now he would just yeah, he took a massive step forward and also there's it's an opportunity situation where you know they get more minutes and they just get more opportunity so um i think i mean everybody you mentioned it's it would be a would be a worthwhile winner um I like Bam. I think Bam is a good choice. Um, he's a player that that I really liked. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to pick between them. I think he's a good one. I think for sixth man of the year, the two you mentioned are good. I think Lou Williams, uh, also somebody that I like as a sixth man. Um, Always, you know, but but the, these are these are kind of tough choices, and and there's a lot of good options. So, you know, the they're not really controversial when they get picked because. You know,
1: they've always got a good case. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you.
2: All right. Um, what?
1: Well, I, I think we kind of ran through it all. I, I mean, know, we'll see games? what. No, we'll see kind of what these games are looking like with scrimmages. Be very curious to see who is in the bubble and who is not. Um, since we haven't gotten a whole lot of clarity on that, which is very interesting. Uh, but yeah, just really excited to be back and excited for games to get going. And can't wait to see who comes home with the chip this year.
2: Yep, it will be. It will be a really. Uh, it's gonna be a really fun ride, and uh, it'll be exciting to see how how it shakes out.
1: Yeah, definitely excited. Definitely excited, and as always, glad to be back back on the pod with you. Good to hear from you. Uh, we'll definitely be doing this again soon for all our listeners out there. So stay tuned.
2: Yeah, great to be back. I'm. I'm. I'm happy to be doing this with you. And uh, do you have any other uh, media coming out this week?
1: Uh, TBD, we will see. Um, we'll kind of look, we'll kind of see how scrimmages shake out. And if there's any more notable uh, or, or news kind of coming out, uh, we'll have to hop back on here. But definitely stay tuned. We got a lot of content coming up for a box score breakdown uh, to keep you guys interested and happy. So very excited.
2: All right. Sounds good.
1: How about you? Got anything coming out?
2: Uh I. Well, uh just just doing the pod i I did one of the gambling pods last week with uh my friend ira um and we we got into uh, Korean baseball so as, <laughs> as you can imagine the, the gambling opportunities are are few and far between right now, so um I did see an article recently that um they may allow betting on heart rate, so uh we'll see, we'll hmm. see what happens
1: hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Hey, got to get that fixed, right?
2: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you all for listening, and we will be back soon. Have a great night or day.
1: (laughs) Thanks as always, guys. Thank you, Hank. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.